The suspense is terrible. I hope it will last. Oscar Wilde. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Do you remember that graph you were taught in literature classes about story structure? You know, that nice, steady climb, and then the sudden drop after the climax? Throw it out the window. It was wrong. If you're looking at it from a very, very far distance, yes, that might be what it looks like. But that steady climb has so many hills and valleys, or at least it should have so many hills and valleys. As your main character struggles, kind of gets somewhere, and then fails a little. And then struggles, kind of gets somewhere, and fails a little. And then that drop after the climax of the story, it may not actually go all the way to the bottom because the world should have changed in some way. Today we are talking about one of my favorite tricks of the trade, and that is the yes, but. It is those little hills and valleys that you'll see in that climb up to the end of the story. The phrase yes, but comes from your character succeeding, but at a price. Yes, he managed to get into the capital city, but it cost him the rest of his money and one of his friends to get there. This is a very common device to give readers satisfaction and tension and drive the story forward while still resolving some pieces along the way so you're not giving your readers anxiety attacks. One of my favorite examples of this comes from the TV show Supernatural. The main characters are dying pretty much every season, but they come back. In one episode, like 20, 30, 40, 100 times. That was a good one. I have to see that one again. I love that episode. (laughs) Tuesdays. But one particular episode, one of the main characters dies and the devil brings him back to life. So yes, Sam is alive again. But now they owe the devil a favor. So the base of this concept is something is resolved, but there's something else that needs to be dealt with now. And this is very common when you have multiple plot lines or subplots in your main story. This is not necessarily subtext. We spoke about subtext a few episodes ago. That is what's not written about what's happening that your readers can infer. Subplots are little small journeys your character takes on the way to the big journey. So one of the most common examples of a subplot is in a fantasy book, you'll have a romance subplot. Or don't. You don't have to. I'm just saying it's common. It's one of the best examples of a subplot. Yes, romance is very common as a subplot. It's not necessarily something that needs to be dealt with in the grand scheme of things, but this needs attention right now. The bad guy is still out there, still gathering his armies, but there's a leak in the roof. This needs to happen now. If the funds come from a bad guy's ally, that's a great yes, but. Yes, they solved the leak in the roof, but now they owe the bad guy's ally a favor or money. Like what we talked about in our last episode with throwing in obstacles, the yes buts are those obstacles. So each step 
every resolution should lead to another problem or another conflict. And those conflicts should be a choice between bad and worse. Yeah, you never want the choices to be easy. Oh, I need to either go with the good guy or go with the bad guy. It's not necessarily an interesting choice. It's I go with the guy that's going to kill my kid versus I go with the guy that's going to kill my lover. That introduces two bad choices. So yes, I made progress, but at the expense of my kid. You Would you really pick the kid over the lover? I'll take my own path. They can both die. <laughs> so one fun example of this is the Disney movie Frozen, the original. Elsa finally accepts her powers. You know, there's a little bit of buildup in the beginning of the show about her trying to suppress everything. She finally accepts herself for who she is, but it sets the kingdom into an eternal winter. So yes, it's great that she's finally taking control of her own life, but at the cost of the entire kingdom. And that really set off the entire story. In this particular case, it was a yes, but... So as we teased to in our last episode, there are ways to do this without making the hero a victim or seem unsuccessful because your character will be knocked down. They should always have failures, but they shouldn't be a failure. Having these little successes helps them take the next step on the journey because realistically, if all I'm doing is bashing my head against a wall or If all I'm doing is strolling down the street with no challenges at all. Either way, it's boring. There's no ebb and flow. There's no emotional tension and release. It's just the same problem over and over again instead of new challenges as you progress down the street. They can have small successes that create bigger problems. One of my favorite examples of this is in The Way of Kings, the first book of the Stormlight Archive series. One of the main characters, Kaladin, his whole goal is to save his bridge crew. The bridge crews are sent ahead of the army to go lay bridges across cracked plateaus and bridge from one plateau to the next. And they're shot at by the enemy because, well, they're undefended, they're armorless, and if they can't get the bridges in place, then the army can't get across and they win the prize that's on the plateau. Well, Kaladin doesn't see the big picture of it. He just wants to keep his crew from dying, which he does, but he absolutely destroys the army's chance at succeeding in this really crucial battle. So the reader is rooting for him because you like the characters, you like this bridge crew, you don't want them to die, but then you see the fallout and go, oh, oh no. And there are so many consequences that have to be paid. Of course, this concept of tension and release doesn't necessarily just apply to progressing your story. It's a great way to relieve your readers. And humor is one of the best tools for that. Like Joss Whedon says, make it dark, make it grim, make it tough. But then tell a joke. Just do it. Just tell a joke. Of course, having a sense of humor is vital to this, or at least having an editor with a sense of humor is helpful. Both the yes but and the tension and release, both of these tools 
go hand in hand because they are breaking the monotony of your story in some way. Readers need a release of the tension. If all you're doing throughout your story is building tension and building tension and building tension and building tension, you're going to give them anxiety. Or worse, you're going to bore them. They're not going to feel the tension anymore. It's like that helicopter buzzing ahead of you. After a while, you just stop hearing it. It's also those failures and those small successes that keep them going because they feel connected. They can understand those moments. This yes, but is also a great way to advance your villain's plotline as well. Because like in this supernatural example, the cost for your character's successes can be enormous. And who benefits from the main character's costs? The bad guy. Giving your bad guy successes throughout the story heightens their villainy. And giving your good guy successes at a cost empowers your bad guy as well. As you're trying to think about what yes but moments you can do, look back at the throw the obstacle episode. What are their challenges? What things shouldn't happen to your character because it's their weakness? And then use those. Give them struggles, give them difficult things that they're going to have to deal with because it's fun. Yes, but... Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>